Good morning, middle family. My name is Madge and my pronouns are she, her. And whether you're joining us from down block or across the globe, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Today, we are marking the year anniversary of the last time we were able to gather physically in our space on 2nd Avenue. And whew, what a year it's been, y'all. Thank you for the ways in which you've shown up and shown out for each other and for the community and for love. And welcome to all of those who have found us in the last year's time. Even though we are apart, let us remember that we are still here and we're still together and we're still connected. And like the song says, it's not the wake and it's the rising. Now, will you take a deep centering breath with me? And let us worship God together. family. Um, I'm just going to share with you a few things that are coming your way this week. We are in the season of Lent. Remember to join us for a Tuesday night Bible study with Reverend Daryl at 7 p.m. and save the date to join us for Holy Week. Uh, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and of course Easter. This Sunday we have two exciting things to invite you to. At 6 p.m. join us for our next Freedom Lab. 
a town hall discussion on the COVID-19 vaccine and the intersections of race and public health. Our own Megan Kirksey will be in conversation with the former NYC Health Commissioner, Dr. Bassett. Bring your questions and bring your vaccine stories. Then at 7 p.m., join us for an online retreat where we will mark the one year anniversary of the COVID pandemic in these United States. One year changed. Info for all of these events and so much more can be found on our website at middlechurch.org. Our prayers of the people for today as we mark one year since we've been able to share space together is a poem by Ganilla Norris. Within each of us, there is a silence, a silence as vast as a universe. We are afraid of it and we long for it. When we experience that silence, we remember who we are, creatures of the stars created from the cooling of this planet, created from dust and gas, created from the elements, created from time and space, created from silence. In our present culture, silence is something like an endangered species, an endangered fundamental. The experience of silence is now so rare that we must cultivate it and treasure it. This is especially true for shared silence. Sharing silence is in fact a political act. When we can stand aside from the usual and perceive the fundamental, change begins to happen. Our lives align with deeper values and the lives of others are touched and influenced. Silence brings back us to basics, to ourselves, to our senses. It locates us. Without that return, we can go so far away from our true natures that we end up quite literally beside ourselves. We live blindly and act thoughtlessly. We endanger the delicate balance which sustain, sustains our lives, our communities, and our planet. Each of us can make a difference. Politicians and visionaries will not return us to the sacredness of life. That will be done by ordinary men and women who together or alone can say, remember to breathe, remember to feel, remember to care. Let us do this for our children and for ourselves and our children's children. Let us practice for life's sake. Amen. And now let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Um, you can say it in any language you know, any version you know. I'll be saying the one that's printed in our bulletin. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
peace be with you. May the peace that passes all understanding be with you now and always. Hi, I'm Julia. I'm in Warren Hill, Brooklyn. Peace be with you. Hi, from Manhattan, sending the love and the peace from Antoine Hopper to all members and everyone out there with a heart. I love you. La paz sea con vosotros. Peace be with you. Amen. Yun Ju Go Ping On, Yu Lei Tong Joy. Love to you all, and um, may the peace of God be with you. We got this. Hi, middle family. Peace be with you. 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 Good morning. Peace be with you. Oh, look, a hand! May the peace of God be with you. Morning, friends. Peace be with you. Peace be with you, middle family. Love you. Peace be with you. Carry it to the ones you love. Hello, my middle brothers and sisters. Elizabeth here. I'm wishing you so much peace. We are in Inwood, and we are wishing you peace this morning. Peace be with you, middle family. This is Bianca. I'm out in Brooklyn, breathing with you and wishing you peace. Ah, si te quiero mucho.
This Sunday was the last time anyone worshiped in the sanctuary of Middle Church, and nobody knew it at the time. Whew. Were you there, online or in person? Do you remember during the announcements when the in-person congregation would turn and wave at those online? Madge singing that song we just heard, Jackie preaching from the historic Golden Pulpit. March 8, 2020, we packed in the pews. March 7th, 2021, well, here we are. What do we make of this year? It was 2 a.m. in Paris and my phone kept ringing. You've got to get to the airport, my friend AJ said. Trump is threatening to shut off the border from anyone coming in from Europe. It was early March. Graham and I took a risk and decided to take that much awaited anniversary trip even though questions of some coronavirus loomed. But that was the moment for me. That was the moment I knew life as we knew it was about to change. When was it for you? Was it word of the first case in the US? Public schools shutting down? Getting the email from Jackie that we would not gather in worship on March 14th? When did you know that COVID was about to change everything. March 2020, remember sheltering in place and how scary that was? The run on toilet paper, Lysol wipes, Purell, wondering if it was okay to go outside just to take a walk? The moment you had to tell your kids they wouldn't be going back to the school building, figuring out how in the world to work from home and for some of us simultaneously teaching and parenting, Realizing that as a single person, you were going to have some very lonely nights. Remember packing up your dorm room overnight and figuring out how safely to leave? The first time you had a Zoom meeting, what's Zoom? And how weird it was to see everyone in their homes? Remember when the first person you knew got COVID? Remember when you got COVID? Remember when you found out the first person that you knew died and the first digital funeral you attended. Remember hanging out our windows at 7 p.m., banging pots and pans, singing and clapping to thank essential workers. Brianna Taylor. April, when morgue started to replace houses of worship, Central Park and the Javits Center. The moment you realized, oh, we're not going back for Easter either. 
You lost your job. Your job was totally redefined. The first time you attended gospel choir on Zoom, you sent in your first video for worship. How awkward did you feel? How many times did it take you to record it? No, seriously. How many times did you record it and send it in, put it in the chat? May, we figured out that masks save lives and maybe we should all be wearing them. We experienced Ramadan during a pandemic. You couldn't pay your employees. George Floyd. June, summer plans halted and shifted, internships gone by the wayside. More people you know died. More people, perhaps you, got sick. The height of racial uprising. Many of us saw one another for the first time since the shutdown at the Juneteenth vigil outside middle. We realized that street dining was actually kind of cool. Temperature rose, COVID levels drops, but deaths and hospitalizations continued to rise. September, the onset of fall brought us no closer to returning to in-person worship. The definite word that school buildings would not fully reopen. You had to close your business. A new wave of chaos and disappointment. How has it been six months? We muscled through a monumental election and census season. As we moved towards the holidays, we ran the what should we do scenarios over and over in our heads more times than we'd like to admit. New variants rose alongside fears of holiday spikes. We miss our families, friends, routines. More people we know got sick, more people died. December, middle church building suffered a devastating fire. Christmas Eve, Hanukkah, all online. Christian Hall, January, an insurrection. New news to double mask and word that, oh, actually we should have been wearing that N95 all along. A vaccine, vaccine chaos, new variants. More people you know are sick, maybe you're sick. More people are dying. Racial, economic, and class disparities continue to be exposed. February, people are getting vaccinated. People are dying, people are sick. More people are unemployed. More people can't pay their rent. More people overcome with exhaustion and untouched grief. Purim, Ash Wednesday, online. March, can you bring yourself here today? Take a breath. However today finds you, by the grace of God, we are here and we're here together. One year in, God is still speaking. God is still moving and creating among us. And God has something to say to us in the lectionary passage for today found in John chapter two, verses 13 through 16. Hear a word from the Lord now. The Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves and money changers seated at the tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. The gospel of John is drastically different than the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The focus of John's gospel is God being with us, set up by the very first verse in the book. In the beginning was the word and the word became flesh and lived among us. In John, Jesus provides access to God's in ways, access to God in ways otherwise not possible or imagined. And this year, we've needed to access God in ways not traditionally imagined 
or access. Jesus arrives at the temple during the season of Passover, which means it's an extremely busy and important time. People from all over have come to worship, bringing their animal sacrifices and temple taxes. Rather than quietly joining the festivities, however, Jesus drives out the animals and flips over tables. Now, the selling of animals and the trading of coins weren't problematic in their own right. In fact, Passover required the sacrificing of animals and trading of coins for those who didn't have the appropriate currency to pay the temple tax. And yet, Jesus was very upset about something. So upset, he shows up as an outsider, challenges the religious and cultural authorities, derails worship on the most significant feast of the year, and demands a complete overhaul. Why? Because the system, which could work for the benefit of all, had become oppressive and exploitative. And in the face of oppression, Jesus taught us something about what it looks like to love with revolution, to love fiercely, to show up as God wants us to show up. Jesus's anger lies in the fact that the temple had become a place that infringed on the rights of those who were marginalized within society. To be marginalized literally means to be excluded from the center. The selling of animals and exchanging coins was relegated to the outside court, the court of the Gentiles, a place set aside for worshipers of God who were not Jewish and who were poor or lower class. As the premier place within society in which every person stood on equal ground before God, the temple should have promoted justice among all people, regardless of social standing. But humans, not God, messed that up and put the marginalized literally on the margins. But that day, marginalization was replaced by a new order of justice. Jesus eliminated practices that promoted discrimination based on class, race, gender, wealth, even religion, thereby establishing himself as the ultimate liberator. This story is also a clear indictment on those who get their riches by exploiting the poor. If you recall, Jesus drove out the cattle and the sheep, but told those selling doves to take these things out of here when he could have flung open their cages and driven them out recklessly too. But you see, it was the wealthy who came with sheep and cattle and the poor with the doves. Jesus's careful attention to the doves demonstrated his deep concern for the poor. It would be an extra burden on the poor to have to go buy new doves. Jesus shows us that fierce love looks like doing whatever you can wherever you are to bring about the kingdom of God, where oppression and marginalization are driven out, where there's no room for exclusion, where those with the least are those who are the most cared for, where if the whole system is flawed, you flip it over and demand the imagination to create a new one. As God bears every one of us, we too, are called to bring about revolutionary love on earth as it is in heaven in whatever moment we find ourselves. We found ourselves some places this year in a year that's asked us to question everything. 
I want to remind you that kingdom work, revolutionary fierce love work always happens in the neighborhood, in the flesh, in and through your flesh. That's the truth of the gospel of John, love incarnate showing up to each of life's moments. This year, friends, despite everything, you've been love. You've been the embodiment of God in your very own disparate places of work and life. Like Young, beloved middle member and super talented graphic designer who moved to South Korea and asked, what can I do? Who now designs our beautiful weekly schedules. Like Alan, who in the face of ageism and white supremacy shows up year after year to be with our young people, to teach them during Black History Month. Like Betty Jean, in the face of a society that doesn't value gratitude or ritual, routinely posts an invitation into a ritual of daily gratitude. Like Matthew, who in the face of economic, un economic employment and joy strife, turned his cardio in-person classes on a dime to digital. And as a slap in the face to capitalism, offers his classes pay what you can so that anyone who could use some cardio or cheer is welcome. Like Angie, who in the literal ashes of our sanctuary came in the cold and unpowered, no heat remnants of the church building to take picture after picture of every inch of our building so that we can get reimbursed by insurance for as much as possible. Like Alex, who shows up every single day despite being often disrespected, undervalued, and seen as a threat in this country as a queer black man to teach our young people with love, dedication, and joy, who during a global pandemic worked tirelessly with colleagues to build and propose a complete overhaul of their way of doing education by demanding an anti-racist curriculum. Like Joy, Rochelle, Lindra, Sandra, and Mady. Since COVID started, since we haven't been able to practice in person, we've been able to go on Zoom. However, a number of us have been able to find ways to create community. We have gone on uh, picnics together. And in addition, a few of us have gotten much closer. Our friendships have really bonded and become stronger. Um, I've been good friends with Sandra and Ro and Mady. And the four of us have found ways to bond and support each other through this pandemic. I've been a middle member since 1996 and I joined the Gospel Choir in 2002 and that's where I met Mady. We have been friends ever since. In 2014, she came to join my pediatric therapy sensory gym as a counselor and we worked together until COVID shut us down. I love Mady dearly. She has and always will be a wonderful friend. I've been with Middle for at least 30 years, uh, and my friends helped me get here to get my first shot and probably my second shortly. And we are 
joined in a new friendship that is different from the past. It's become a very more intimate and understanding of each other. I'm thinking about all the special things that have happened. Even though we've temporarily lost our ch church, we joined together uh, and created a new group relationship. Love embodied. At every point in history, there will be things that need to be challenged. At every point, we will be challenged. There will be those who exploit, those who devalue, those who oppress, those who conflate religion with idolatry. At every point in history, we will need those who follow Jesus's agenda of revolution, not just reform. The beauty of John's gospel is this. God chose to localize love in human bodies. We are those bodies. In this year where love has been hard to localize, remember that you are love. And wherever you are, behind a screen teaching children, making vaccine appointments or digital sympathy cards, placing food in the community fridge, baking cookies with your kids, moving home to take care of ill parents, creating beautiful art that brings the world joy. You are love and you have the power and the call to revolutionize this world with God's justice. In this most difficult year, you've done that. Did you see? We've done that. There will be harder days to come. The pandemic is not over. We still can't pass a $15 minimum wage. Poverty is a policy choice, as Nina Turner reminds us, and choose it, we still do. Children in Idaho are taught to burn face masks rather than wear them. Anti-Asian hate and violence are out of control. We celebrate a young black poet one day and racially profile her the next. And white people can't stop stressing over six canceled racist Dr. Seuss books in the name of accountability. But the truth of the story is this, love in the form of a table flipping Jesus has come for us to know. Love from the margins to the margins and back again. And it's that love that has carried us and that will continue to carry us through. From last March to this March, and no matter where the first Sunday in March 2022 finds us, never forget that love lives in us. Friends, we come to you marking the end of a long, hard year. One where we have been stuck inside our homes, yet even these familiar spaces have begun to feel strange and unfamiliar. Seems like we have been both passing through time and yet simultaneously removed from it. 
we now come to celebrate a similar liminal point in time where Jesus and his friends gathered in a room like they had so many times before. Only this time, something was different. I think about the year that we've spent indoors in our homes, um, physically distant. It makes me think about what was I doing a year ago? And did I know that that would be the last time? Do you ever really know when it's the last time that you'll do something? The last time I'll walk into the sanctuary, the last time I'll get to hug my friend, the last time I'll get to share a meal. Mm -hmm. And I imagine um, that last supper with Jesus, there were some there who didn't really know what they were getting themselves into, didn't really know that it might be the last time. And so here we are today, friends, in this moment where we know what it holds for us. And in this ritual, we find meaning, we find sacredness, we find that we are still connected, as I am connected not with 12 people sitting around me at a table, but by three colleagues, three friends around a Zoom screen, and all of you who are worshiping and communing with us from all over the world. And so in this moment that is so different and yet so similar to shared meals that Jesus had, now we take bread. Whatever you have, I have a cookie, and we remember that night when Jesus sat around and said, this is my body broken for you. Every time you eat this, remember me. Take and eat, friends. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup whatever you have laying around your house. And Jesus said, this is the cup of life poured out for you. May this, friends, bring you new life today. Drink in remembrance of me. So God, we gather around this communion table we gather together in this sacred space we gather at this opportune time that we might remember you that we might remember all that we have endured and overcame over this past year that we would remember the things that we have lost but that we also remember to hope and the promise of things that are still to come. The promise of your reign, the promise of your kingdom, the promise of community to be returned near where all of us can be gathered in once again, that we may at another time here real soon, sit and recline one next to the other, touch and be touched, share, love, laughter, light, and joy. We give you thanks for these wonderful gifts. We give you thanks for this day. 
And we ask you, God, that in this communion time, that you rem remind us of what it is we are remembering and is that we are bound together as one body for your sake and for your movement, for love and justice in this world. Amen. 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 Hello, Middle Family. My name is Jen Nestrick. What's your name? Jonah, Jonah, I'm six. And Jonah's six. And uh, I've been a member of Middle Church since 2012, and Jonah is so shortly thereafter. And we're here today to ask you to join the movement. A year ago today, many of us gathered for the last time in the sanctuary, and that's certainly a bittersweet memory now. But I can remember a very fond memory, my first time in, in the middle sanctuary, that beautiful wooden church. Um, I'd been sort of an Easter and Christ, uh, Easter Christmas Christian for a while without a home church, and a friend invited my wife and me to come downtown and hear some beautiful music on a Sunday morning. So we did, but what was more astonishing than that music was the preaching of Jackie Lewis and the message of God's revolutionary love. And I have been hooked ever since. Um, I'm so grateful for that presence in my life and especially how Middle Church just takes God's word and God's love and turns it into an immediately actionable message for today. No tiptoeing at Middle Church and um, the, the social justice movement, everything that Middle stands for is just uh, so meaningful. And so we ask you today, to join us in this movement. Um, I think sometimes in Middle Church, oh, you wanna say it? Join the movement. Join the movement. Uh, sometimes I think of Middle Church like a growing tree, like a huge tree, so strong, so steady, but if it needs more light, it bends toward the light. And it's like that presence in my life because as I need more light, it gives me more light. As our community needs more love, it pushes more love onto us and in these, 51 weeks and counting of a pandemic and through a devastating fire through all of it middle just loves on us more and more and um, Middle is a movement. It is in motion and friends. We need to make some moves too So I invite you today to um, Join the movement you can become a member of middle by going to middlechurch.org slash join click join um, you can give your gifts and offerings at middlechurch.org slash donate and you can donate directly to the Middle Rising campaign to rebuild our beautiful physical space for the next chapter of Middle Church. And that would be at middlechurch.org slash rising. You can also make your gifts via text message or on Facebook. Find us on Facebook, click donate, or go to uh, text the amount of your gift to 917-924-4666. Middle Church is also on Venmo. It is with the times, people. Uh, at Middle Collegiate Church, you can make your gift through Venmo. So now is the time. Middle is in motion. It needs us in motion with us. I hope that you will join us, and Middle will keep loving on you. The more you need it, the more it's there. Come on, Bunny, jump up. What are we going to say? Join the movement. Join the movement. Ah. Uh -huh. 
Will you pray with me? To our God, we want to give you thanks on this wonderful day. Thank you for gathering us together. Thank you for the gifts that have been brought into this place. And thank you that as these gifts are sown here in this fertile ground, that they will take root and grow into an increase of 30, 60, and 90 fold. We ask you, God, that you would take these gifts and send them out into the world to do that which you would ordain and call for it to do, that it'll continue to further your will for justice, that it'll continue to bring near your reign to this earth, and that it'll be a blessing to those who are in need of such blessings. And thank you, God, for the, the people who consistently, continually bring the best of their time, their talents, and their treasures for the furtherance of your reign in this earth through the community here. Bless us, God, at this time and in this hour and in this way. Amen.
today's scripture lesson, Middle Family, is John's telling of Jesus's temple tantrum, where he turns the tables upside down because he's unhappy about what's happening in his father's house, in our God's house. That story and the life of Jesus makes me think always about how much God understands all the feels that we feel, our joys, our excitement, our grief, our sorrow. John and I were married in the sanctuary at Middle Collegiate Church. Its destruction breaks my heart. And as I grieve, I also understand that we have memories of that place, joyful memories, impactful memories of that place to sustain us on this journey toward fierce love. And we are creating a future, one that we did not imagine we'd create. But in this digital space, in this time of COVID, in this post-fire time, we are finding things in the fire, like the power of our young people to remind us that we're alive, like the love we have with and for each other that can sustain us on this journey. As you feel all the feels, feel this as well. You are loved by a God who is not destroyed in the fire. You are loved in such a way to sustain us as we imagine a new future together. And everything you bring to this place, to this digital space and all the places is a gift from God to all of us who know you and love you. May you feel the blessing of that fierce love. Amen. We are mom.